Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to After the Fact. Welcome to this week's After the Fact. It's our weekly trivia quiz game here on Claremore's Community Radio. I'm your host, John Nolan, and tonight the questions are all about a year I remember quite well, 1992. So without further ado, let's go and meet the teams, one of whom is actually here beside me in the studio. Say hello, blue team number one. Hi, I'm Carol and I live in Boyle and I'm a teacher. You're very welcome, Carol. Thank you for joining me here tonight. And Carol's teammate is coming to us live from Dublin. Good evening, sir. Hi, I'm Dan, originally from Baal, but now living in Dublin. And you're welcome, Dan. You're welcome. Got a nice walk in before you came to us. I did. <laughs> Got to keep the, the, the body and the brain in tip-top order. So I've done the body, now time for the brain. Okay, well, I wish you the best of luck with that. Across uh, we go to the city of Galway tonight, where our... Up their opponents, the red team, are ensconced in a lovely uh, study there. So say hello, either of you. Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm from Galway and I'm an IT person and a writer. Hi, I'm Michael Coyne. I'm also from Galway um, and I'm a generic dog's body in NUIG. <laughs> well, the university needs generic dog's bodies. I find that. Are you? Do you cost less than brand name dog's bodies? <laughs> it's, it's a twofer kind of a deal. All right. Well, I wish you all the best of luck, everybody. Uh, Nobody is new to the game anymore, so I don't need to delay. Let us press on. But firstly, let's go and meet our other team member. It's our robot scorekeeper, Clancy. Good evening, Clancy. Number includes ATO.H, includes STD Lift.H, and Main, and C, and. Oh, sorry. Clancy crashed, obviously. So we're going to have to, um, I'm going to have to fix that before we get to. What was that? Yeah, uh, yeah, just some random code. So anyway, I'll fix him. I'm gonna bang him there, and uh, we'll get him. We'll get him going again. But by the time we need him at the end of round one, okay. So speaking of round one, round one is our multiple <clears throat> choice round. In this round, each player will get asked a question with three potential answers. If they can give me the correct answer on their own, they get two points for their team. If they have to ask for help, confer with their teammate they get one point for right answer. Any wrong answer will see the remaining two options being offered across to their side for potential one-point bonus. It's an even-numbered show, which means we're starting with the blue team. Carol is here in front of me, which means uh, our informal rule 33.4, that uh, she gets to go first. So, Carol, it's your question. Right, yo. In 1992, pop group Erasure scored their first and only number one in the UK singles chart with a record featuring covers of songs by which group? Your options are A, ABBA, B, The Beatles, or C, The Carpenters. ABBA. You didn't delay on that one very long. No, I knew that one. Can you remember the name of the record involved? It was ABBA-esque. It was ABBA-esque, yes. They did take a chance on me with the rap in the middle of it. (laughs) It was the early 90s, what can you say? Okay, across we go. Who would like... The first question there, red team. Looks like it, the mantle's falling to me. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. 
Who became the new Secretary General of the United Nations on January the 1st, 1992? Your options are Boutros Boutros Ghali, B. Kofi Annan, or C. Javier Perez de Cuellar. I think I know this one. I guess Boutros Boutros Ghali. It's correct as well. Two points. Scorchio. Boutros being his first name, and then Boutros Ghali being a hyphenated surname, or double barrel name. There must be a requirement for a cool name to be <laughs> head of the UN. It helps, I suppose. All right, Dan, your question. In October 1992, Sinead O'Connor tore up a picture of whom during a performance on the US TV show Saturday Night Live? Was it A, President George Bush? Was it B, Pope John Paul II? Or was it C, Saddam Hussein? Well, now, that would be the Pope. Correct. She didn't really like Pope John Paul II, obviously. Was that around the time she thought she was going to be a priest? Was she a priest later than that? Oh, maybe. Oh, I think that was later, you're right, yeah. Okay. She was on the late date. Surely tearing up a picture of the Pope might, would get you barred from being a priest for life, <laughs> I'd have thought. I think, I think being a woman gets you barred from being a priest for life. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. that. <laughs> that thing too. <laughs> Excellent theological or whatever point there. Now. <laughs> no, no philosophy ever. Mikey, your question. <laughs> Which country was thrown into a constitutional crisis in 1992 when President Alberto Fujimori announced he was temporarily dissolving the Congress of the Republic and reorganising the judicial branch of government? Your options are A, Peru, B, Japan, or C, Sri Lanka. Do you want the name again, John? Alberto Fujimori. Uh-huh. Spelled F-U-J-I-M-O-R-I. Right. So well, was A, Peru. B, Japan, or C, Sri Lanka? Yeah, I've never heard of this gentleman. Um, Are you going to your classic Japanese, Japanese uh, uh, first name. Um, uh, let's play Japan, sure. You're going to play Japan. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you got that wrong. Right, over we go. So, <laughs> Carol and Dan, you've got a one-point bonus potential here. Which country was that that was thrown into a constitutional crisis in 1992 when President Alberto Fujimori announced he was dissolving the Congress of the Republic and reorganising the judicial branch of government? Your remaining options are Peru or Sri Lanka. Well, based on Alberto, surely Peru is more yeah. likely. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's Spanish sounding, so we'll go with Peru. Woo! It's correct. Yes, uh, Senor Fujimori is of Japanese descent. But he was the president of Peru. Okay, let us go. And uh, I've given Clancy a whack on the back. And I've turned him off and turned him on again. So hopefully we will have the scores. Let's check. Clancy, are you with us? Blue to five points. Red to two points. Yes, yes, he's back. Right. So it's a lead for the blue team. Five points to two after round number one. On we go at round two. This is our connections round. In this round, I will give the teams two pieces of information. If they can tell me what links them and the year in question, they get three points there and then. If they need a third and a fourth piece of information, that's fine, but they will be playing for two and one points respectively. A wrong answer at any time will see all four pieces of information get offered over. That will give the other team a chance of a bonus point. We start with the team that's trailing. That is the red team. Are you ready, Mike and Michelle? Sure. Your first two pieces of info are three pillars and... France, yes. Okay. Um, three pillars or um, kind of a, an EU law term. 
So okay. Maastricht rounded that year. So uh, Maastricht Treaty, John. Oh. Whoa. Look at him. Get through these questions very quick. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't need any conferring even, really, did you, Mike? You're just bang, in, done, gold. Okay. Yeah, you're I correct. Maastricht agreed. Treaty. The Maastricht Treaty. Uh, Michelle concurs. Uh, three pillars is to do with the three pillars of the European Union that was established in this treaty. France voted yes. Next clue would have been Denmark, no. Because Denmark mm, went against it originally. And finally, the 11th Amendment to the Irish Constitution, which I'm sure you all know, was uh, voted in by referendum as Ireland accepting the Maastricht Treaty. How many referendums? We love an amendment, don't we, Michelle? Love them. Right. Uh, cross we go, Carol and Dan. Your first two pieces of information are SVT... And Noel Keelahan, spelt K-E-L-E-H-A-N. Hmm. No idea. I have a theory. Oh, go for it. Noel Keelahan, the reason I know that name, I'm a big Eurovision fan. And I know Noel Keelahan for many years was the musical director. So when they used to have an orchestra in the Eurovision, he, for many years, was the guy who'd conduct the orchestra during the Irish entry. Ah. So... I would guess that, because we won the Eurovision in 92, didn't we? That was Linda Martin's Martin, year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the Eurovision Song Contest 1992, which Ireland won. Yeah, I'd go with that. So. Go for that? Yeah. Woo! Well done, Dan. Well done. Yes. Everything Dan said there is correct. About Noel Keelan. <laughs> SVT is the Swedish television station that basically is a member of Eurovision there. Uh, your other clues you didn't need. The Malmo Ice Stadion, where it took place. And finally, Linda Martin would have been the real tap in the net if anyone had gotten there. Yes, it's the 1992 Eurovision Song Contest. Okay, back we go. We're flying through this round. Mike and Michelle. The Corona, spelled K-O-R-U-N-A. And the Hyphen War. Hmm. I'm going to slow it right down now. <laughs> Isn't that that's currency, right? Corona, is it? Um, that's one. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I know there's a Corona, but I thought there was a Corona as well. I'm trying to remember that so EEC project I did. Or <laughs> <laughs> was EC project actually, and it was talking about the different. Yeah, hyphen war. Hyphen war doesn't mean anything to me now. Hyphen war. Putting a hyphen in or not in. Ooh, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. Oh. What is that a reference to, though? Are we a going to hyphenate or not hyphenate? Was it? Um, hmm. <laughs> oh. Bosnia Herzegovina. No? Or. Hmm? I don't think no. that. I don't think that's where we're going with that. No? I don't think so. Uh, try another piece of info, John. Okay, you've got hyphen war, Corona, and July the 12th. Oh, for God's sake. So we've got a more useless information. <laughs> July the 12th. Anything else that could be hyphenated or non-hyphenated? A surname. <laughs> could be. Yeah, could be. No, I don't think. Um... Uh. That's a curious one, I have to say. 
Okay, so we currently have there, we've got hyphen war Karuna and July the 12th. So K-O-R-U-N-A. K-O-R-U-N-A, yes. He just said the Karuna there, didn't he? Mm. Mm. I think we need a bit of more info, do we? Yeah, well, we don't have anything. No, we don't need to get the one. It's going to be a good clue now. <laughs> or, <laughs> or what? <laughs> or, 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 or else. Just, or else, man. Got hyphen war, Karuna, July 12th, and Vaxlav Klaus. Spelled so, do you know the way that Linda Martin write is an absolute gimme? The yes. kind of like you get down on your hands and knees and you, you just nod the ball over the line. Yes. And just spell Vaxlav Klaus here now. V A C L A V, and then surname is K L A U S. Is there a hyphen between those two? There, there is no hyphen in his name, no. You, that's with the V at the end. That's very Yugoslavian, right? Well, look, we don't. We have like you yeah. know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, can I nudge you towards maybe considering? Uh, give me an answer. Go on, Chell. I don't know what how to phrase the answer. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> what answer do you want to phrase? I don't know. Something to do with. Um, Yugoslavia. The breakup of Yugoslavia, okay? That one? Maybe. Okay, breakup of Yugoslavia. Oh. I'm afraid that is incorrect. So across we go. Carol and Dan. Dan. Potential one point here. Could this be the splitting of Czechoslovakia? Uh, that's what I was thinking. I mean, Karuna most is of those meant nothing to me, but the Karuna is just the one I did know. Because that's still, I think, the Yeah, it's the Czech, Czech currency. And Vaclav would be a very common Czech name. I suppose. Do you want to go for that, So, Yeah, is it the splitting of Czechoslovakia? Yes, it is. I would also have accepted Velvet Divorce. Ooh. Which is uh, what that is informally known as. So, just to explain, um, Václav Klaus was the um, Prime Minister of the what was the federal Czechoslovak state, but he was the man who oversaw the dissolution of them into two peaceful, the peaceful separation into two states. Uh, July 12th was uh, when the Slovakian parliament passed a decree to say that they were an independent country. The corona was, they went from having one corona between them to having two coronas <laughs> as currency. And hyphen war was the period immediately up to um, dissolution when they were, basically the Slovak people didn't really appreciate that in the word Czechoslovakia they had a small s huh. if it was one word. So they wanted it to be Czecho hyphen Slovakia with an, a big S. And primary school children across Europe were delighted that they didn't have to learn how to spell Czechoslovakia anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a point bonus for the blue team and it's the blue team's question, the final one of the round. Are you ready? Pat McDonough and Terry McHugh. Hmm. Silence reigns. Uh, Pat McDonough and Terry McHugh. Those names ring a vague Terry bell, McHugh. but I can't put my finger on it. Any I thought Terry McHugh was a javelin thrower. Ooh. Which would suggest athletics, which might suggest the 92 Olympics. It was an Olympic year, actually. Yeah, so... But I don't know who Pat McDonough is. Well, could he have been another Olympic athlete that we sent to the or Olympics that year? Probably a boxer. Aren't they all boxers? <laughs> It would be the Irish Olympic team if that's it. But I don't know. Would you want to go for another clue? Or go for it? Uh, I'd go for it. Go on. 
Not to mention nothing gained. The Irish Olympic team for 92 in Barcelona. I'm afraid not. So, across we go. Uh, Mike and Michelle, you get all four clues. Okay, doke. Pat McDonough, Terry McHugh. Third clue is called The Unified Team. Oh, yeah. And the fourth clue is Albert Veal. <laughs> Carol knows it now. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, that's yes. a curious one because Albertville is where the Winter Olympics were. Right. Uh, the unified team is what Russia. Um, Russia competed with. The USSR yeah. just kind of made break Yeah. But I did think that Terry McHugh was the javelin chap. Um, Maybe he also was very good at um, biathlon or something. <laughs> <laughs> Are you giving me an answer anyway? That's all I want is an answer. Well, I suppose on the basis of yeah, yeah, well, we, we, we have to, to go in Winter Olympics, huh? It's correct. Yes. So obviously, you must have missed this cool fact from the nineties. The Terry McHugh Irish javelin thrower was also the same Terry McHugh Irish bobsled team member. Oh, that's very close. Uh, you were actually not bad, yeah. Biathlon. <laughs> and uh, so Terry McHugh and his partner Pat McDonough, who was also our flag bearer at the Winter Olympics in Albertville, were a bobsled uh, pair together in the. And they were actually we had two bobsled pairs in that Winter Olympics, which was our first actual team that we sent to Winter Olympics. Wow! So there you go. Wrong. Olympics. You learn something every day. You learn something yeah. every day. Okay, let us pop over to Clancy. For the state of play after two rounds. Blue team nine points. Red team six points. So the gap is still there. It's still a lead for blue, but it's 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 only three points right now. So on we go to round three. This is our audio round. In this round, the team that's in play will get to hear a song. They get a point if they can tell me the artist performing and the title of the song. There will then be two subsequent questions, each worth a point. Any wrong answers will be offered across for potential bonus. We are starting with the team that's trailing. That's Mike and Michelle on the red team. So are you ready? Here comes your first piece of music. Okay, so just before anyone sings there, we'll fade that down. <laughs> Can you tell so, me, please, the artist yeah. performing and the song title? That's the, the greatest song ever recorded. <laughs> Rhythm is a Dancer by Snap. <laughs> it's correct. Well done, that's point. Now, two subsequent questions. In which country was Snap formed in 1989 by producers Michael Munzing and Luca Anzilotti? Hmm, I'm not really sure, Mike. I, in my head, no. Do you know what I was thinking of two unlimited there? I was going to say there was, they, in my head, there were Netherlands, but that's two unlimited I'm thinking of. Okay. So, snaps. Can you say the two names again there, John? Yeah, sure. Could we got be a clue, no one DJs. Michael Munzing and Luca Anzalotti. Oh. <laughs> they don't really tally, do they? They're kind of... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a mixed message there. <laughs> <laughs> Switzerland. 
Uh, <laughs> it's halfway between Italy and uh, German sounding. What do you feel like? I don't, I, I don't really know. I think that they were like... European? Europe, they're definitely European. Right. But, you know, not Nordic. Not Nordic. I don't think they were Nordic. Okay. Should we go Dutch? That, that's definitely too unlimited. But go on, you are right. Okay. Netherlands, so. Netherlands. Yeah, better. Fred, not, not the Netherlands. Switched. I better not be Switzerland now. <laughs> All right, back over we go to uh, Carolyn Dan for potential bonus. I would say Germany or Italy, Dan. Well, that's what the names do yeah. suggest. So what's more likely? Um, Italy? I don't know. Yeah. It's a we'll, pure stab in the dark. Yeah, we'll go Italy, John. We're going Italy, okay. <laughs> I'm afraid it was Germany. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yes, they. Thankfully, it wasn't Switzerland, though. It, it was. No, it was. Uh, they were formed in Frankfurt. Right, Michael Michelle. What was the name of Snap's first hit on the Irish charts? It reached number five in March of 1990. Snap only ever had one song. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, I don't know. They had a, one Did other they? song. I think, unless they mixed them up to unlimited. What? What? It could be the power. Yes. The power. The power. Is correct. Well done. Thank you, Mike. You've got the power there, Mike. Well done. To be honest, it, I, I thought it was power. a too limited song, but it, <laughs> no, no. when in doubt, say oh. it out. All right. Uh, well done. Over we go to Carol and Dan for their first piece of music. Are you ready, guys? Here it comes. Okay, looking at Carol's head in here anyway, I don't think that's going to be very taxing. Yeah, it's R.E.M. Man in the Moon. Yes. Correct. She had that one, Dan. You recovered. You can't see me nodding, but I am nodding. (laughs) All right, two questions. Members of R.E.M. acknowledge that the lyrics to this song are a tribute to which American comedian and performer? This is, uh, Dan, isn't this, well, isn't he mentioned in the... Yes, Andy. Have you Andy heard about Kaufman. this one? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. That's correct. In 1997, which founding member of the group announced he was leaving the band? Oh, hang on now. Uh, I think this is Bill Barry. Um, he was the drummer. He had like an aneurysm on the Monster Tour in 1995. This really random trivia. <laughs> so he gave up drumming after that as far as I know, because Mike Mills and Peter Buck are guitarists. Okay, trust you on that. Go for it. Bill Berry. Bill Berry is actually correct. Well done. So that's a clean sweep nice. there for you guys. Well done. Who knew we were wandering into Carol's uh, knowledge of R.E.M.? <laughs> that was pretty intense. Okay. Right, back we go. Mike and Michelle, here comes your second piece of music. Again, you know. Oh yeah. 
Right. We've had fun here at the studio with that one now. So. We did too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm going to disagree with my spouse here and say this is the actual greatest song in the world. A <laughs> 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 hey, no doubt, uh, Jimmy Nail. It's correct. Well done. Uh, yeah, a big, a big, big hit of 1992. Right, you have two questions. This song was released a full six years into the musical career of uh, otherwise actor Jimmy Nail. Uh, he revived his singing career during the time he was starring in which British television police drama? A police drama, okay. Uh, it's not the other one. He was in Spender. Was he? Yeah, Spender. Spender. Excellent knowledge, Mike. Well done. On a related note, Jimmy Nail was one of the stars of which 1998 film about a fictional 1970s rock band named Strange Fruit, who, after being split up for two decades, are persuaded to get back together to perform at a reunion of the same concert venue where they played their final gig. Uh, this I do not remember. Um, 1998? Yes, yes, this is not exactly in our year. Um, ba, 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 ba. Um, it's ringing bells. I feel like it's a it. British movie. It's got Jimmy Nail in it. I, I've never heard Jimmy <laughs> Nail doing an American accent, so I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, see, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen or heard of this one, but clearly, more like than not, I'll be proven wrong. Did you say it was a biopic? Oh, no, no, it's a fictional film. Oh, yeah. oh. It's, uh, it's uh, I'll, I'll read it again. A film about a fictional 1970s rock band named Strange Fruit, who after being split up for two decades, are persuaded to get back together to perform at a reunion of the same concert venue where they played their final gig. I got nothing. Oh. Um, we... Only one that comes to mind just because... No, but it's not that. What? Um, it's called Velvet Goldmine, you know that one? But I think that's like a far classier film. I don't know. Velvet Goldmine, John. Okay. I'm afraid not. Velvet Goldmine's kind of more of a set in the 70s glam rock. Boys. Yeah. Right, across we go. Uh, Carol and Dan, potential bonus for you here. Depending on how deep your knowledge is on the film career of Jimmy Nail. (laughs) He had a film career? Who knew? Um, Yeah, I I have nothing, Dan. I... This may just be me saying random words. Is there a film called Still Crazy? And is that the one we're talking about? Unless you have something else, Carol, I'm no, just going to... I have nothing. We can go with that. Still Crazy? Wow. <laughs> Pull that out of nowhere. From the depths, he <laughs> extracted that one. Yes, also starring Bill Nighy. Still Crazy was the name of that one. Right. Must check that one ah, out. That was it. He was he was the singer, I think, Bill Nye. I, I, some yeah, he's the front man, I believe. Again, I haven't actually seen sleep or something. Okay, well done there, Dan. Impressive. Okay, right. final piece of music from Night Ninety Two is for yourself and Carol, and here it comes. Okay, there's your piece of music. So for a point, artists and song title, please. I don't know this, Dan. I have absolutely nothing for this. 
means nothing. I couldn't even hazard a guess. I don't recognise that singer at all. No, it's not appearing on that greatest list of songs like Snap and Jimmy Nail. Sorry, <laughs> 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 Um No, I wouldn't even know where to begin with this. No, me neither. <laughs> like I said, couldn't even hazard a guess. Okay. This has the sound of a pass unless something comes. Uh-huh. Uh, I think we're going to have to pass, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Pass. Okay, over we go. Mike and Michelle. Any ideas? Yeah. Do you have any idea? I think it's an Irish band, but... It is. I'm not saying it is. It is. Um, Would it be like when did Julian Goff have Toasted Heretic? Around then? I don't know. Do you remember any of his songs? No, but I remember (laughs) it was Mr. Tejo on the cover of the album. (laughs) Right. Um, Who else around then? Blink, remember them? But no, but they were a bit more dramatic. It's it, it's a confer. We let's let's not. We, well, we, we just scooping, do we? Well, we just well, we just say to, toast heretic with toast right. heretic. Right, okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> right, go on. <laughs> I'm afraid I think we all knew that was coming. Um, no, it's oh, not. We all did. Neither uh, of those uh, <laughs> toast heretic is not the answer of either of us. It was uh, the pale uh, with their song "Dogs with No Tails." Tails yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. Dogs, no tails, yeah. Carol and Dan, two questions. The music of Dogs with No Tails is heavily based around the playing of which instrument? Also employed in other songs such as Led Zeppelin's Battle of Evermore and Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Well, it has to be the mandolin, Dan, doesn't well, that, it? Mandolin, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Very good. And can you tell me, please, what was the title to the Pale's follow-up song? released after Dogs With No Tails. It was uh, reached the top 20 in Ireland in September of 1992. I think this is I Am The Butterfly. That's the only other Pale song I know from that time. Go with, I've never actually even heard of this band, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were out, well, obviously they were out in the early 90s. Correct. I Am yes. The Butterfly. Woo! She does know it. Well done. It was indeed just Butterfly. But yeah. that's clearly the song you're talking about. Yeah, that's the chorus. Okay, let's go and check the scores before we take our first ad break. Clancy, how do they stand? Blue team, 15 points. Red team, 10 points. So it's a five-point lead for the blue team as we go for our first ad break. Please do not go away. We will be here when you come back. You're welcome back. It's After the Fact on Clamars Community Radio, our weekly trivia quiz game. This week, the questions are all to do with the year 1992. Now, after three rounds, the blue team, which tonight is Carol Cronin and Dan O'Malley, and they're on 15 points, a five-point lead. It's a good lead, not going to lie to you, it's a good lead. Over red team, Mike and Michelle Coyne down in Galway. So on we go to the final round, our 20 questions. In this round, the team that's in control gets asked the question. They get a point for giving me the correct answer, but they also get to keep control of the game, which means they get the next question. This can continue until at most five in a row have been answered correctly, at which point they will have to give control of the game over, but they will get a bonus sixth point for that achievement. Any wrong answers, we'll see it offered across for a potential bonus, and the other side will get the next question as well. We start with the team that's trailing. That's the red team. Are you ready, Mike and Michelle? Shoot. Number one, who was elected as president of Serbia in a general election on December the 20th, 1992? Uh, it must be Slobber. Slobbers, yeah. Slobber Milosevic. 
is correct. Number two. Which film, released in October of 1992, would go on to receive six Academy Award nominations the following year, winning just one, which was Best Original Screenplay for its director, Neil Jordan? Oh, right, okay. Uh, The Crying Game. Correct. Number three. In February of 1992, which military officer led an unsuccessful coup in his native Venezuela? I think that's before Chavez became like, you know, the the top dog. I think Chavez. Yeah, play Chavez. Hugo Chavez is correct. Yes. He uh, was an unsuccessful coup and he got sent to prison for two years. However, he came back. Right, number four. U2, Metallica and Guns N' Roses were some of the headline acts who took to the stage for a benefit concert held in Wembley Stadium on the 20th of April 1992 in front of an audience of over 72,000. The show was organised to honour the memory of which musician who had died about six months previously? Yeah, that would have to be. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Okay, is correct as well. So that's four now for your fifth and for the five in a row. Who became Taoiseach on February the 11th when he succeeded his party colleague Charles Hockey? That would be Albert Reynolds. Yeah. Very good. So well done. I just want to make it interesting now. Five out of five and the bonus point. Congratulations. Right, across we go. Carol and Dan, your first question. Now called the Republic of Artsakh. I think that's how it's pronounced anyway. This de facto independent state is found within the borders of Azerbaijan. Under what name did its majority Armenian population declare independence from Azerbaijan in January of 1992? Dan, I think this is Nagorno-Karabakh. That's how it's pronounced. I imagine it is, yeah. I, can, I mean, Chechnya is the other famous one, but that's not in Azerbaijan, no, I don't think. Not. So, oh yeah, listen, go with that. Right. Do I have to say that again, John? <laughs> Nagorno-Karabakh. Yeah. That one I can say. It's just the, the as- Artsakh just sounds very inelegant name for a country, but there you go. Yes, correct. It was the then Republic of Nagorno-Karabakh. Back to conflict in that region. Your next question. At the 1992 Summer Olympic Games in Barcelona, so we have got there eventually, Carol, uh, boxer Michael Carruth won Ireland's first gold medal in 36 years. Which other boxer won Ireland's only other medal at the Games? It was Wayne McCullough, wasn't it? He got silver. That was the very fella, yeah. Yeah. These questions are not delaying anyone tonight. So far. We all remember 1992. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, it's handy, isn't it? All right. Next question. One of the more controversial songs of the year, due to its perceived oblique endorsement of recreational drug use, Ebenezer Good was a number one in both Ireland and the UK. But for which group? Well, that'll be the shaman. Yeah. That's correct. Next question. Which American male tennis player won two of the four Grand Slam singles titles in 1992? I see. Would it be Agassi? Hmm. I was thinking probably a bit early for Sampras, but Agassi yeah. is the other obvious one, and that would have been, I suppose, right right in right. his era, right? So, yeah, when he had that long, yeah, terrible mullet. So you're saying Andre Agassi? Yeah. Yes. Afraid not. So, Mike and Michelle, you're going to get the next question, but you can get a bonus here. Which American male tennis player won two of the four Grand Slam singles titles 
1992. Um, that would be Jim Courier of the baseball cap, cap wearing. Yes, it would. Fame. Jim Courier <laughs> is our answer there. So well done. Okay, our next question. In December, UN Security Council Resolution 794 was unanimously passed, approving a coalition of United Nations peacekeepers led by the United States to form UNITAF, that's spelled U-N-I-T-A-F, tasked with ensuring humanitarian aid gets distributed and establishing peace in which nation? Right. Mm-hmm. Give us, what was the date again there, John? It was December of 1992. I'm afraid I don't have the exact date for you. Okay. UN Security Council Resolution 794 was unanimously it passed. It takes them a while to get going on Yugoslavia, didn't it? it, it you know... I'm not. But then what else was going on? Probably something obvious that we're forgetting. Um, Ireland. Can we. Unitas. Unitas. Just to take a punt on this one, can we take a punt on Somalia? He's taking a punt on Somalia, and you know what? It's uh, a brilliant punt to take. Oh. It's exactly right. Mary. Mary spoke to them, didn't she? The That's kind of what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Scores are level, by the way, at this moment in time. In June, Russian authorities confirmed they had found and exhumed the skeletons of Tsar Nicholas II and Tsarina Alexandra. In which city had they been buried? Mm. Oh, Jack. You asked me to name them now, I could have done that. Oh, I don't know. I think I read about this as well because they canonized them after that. The Russian Orthodox Church canonized the Romanovs. Any idea where the Romanovs kind of hung out? <laughs> With the Winter Palace. Obviously, not, for, not around that time. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was in somewhere in Russia. Obviously. I think so. Yes. Yeah, they, they announced themselves, they exhumed them themselves. I don't know. Uh, will we pick somewhere? Would I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you now. North I don't or know. south? <laughs> it probably went south. I, I don't know. I, I, can you name any um, cities, maybe, you know, lower down? 10 seconds now. 10 Russia. seconds. Hurry up. Okay, hold on. Um... Okay, let's play St. Petersburg, sure. St. Petersburg. I'm afraid that is incorrect. So across we go. You're getting the next question, Carolyn Dan, but you can get a bonus here. In which city were those body skeletons of the last Tsar and his wife exhumed? Um, do you have anything, Dan? Nothing. I would say, well, it's a guess. Okay. Um, I think some of the... We're not giving you an answer yet. Um, <laughs> Just to be sure. I, I just looked towards the laptop. Yeah, I didn't make any moves. Don't look at the laptop. Look at the bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the Russian royal family used to have their kind of summer palace or whatever, given the winter palace was in St. Petersburg, in Nizhny Novgorod. But um, I don't know if that's the actual place that they'd be found. But you guess? Go for it. I have literally nothing on this. Right. <laughs> It deserved a point, though, I thought, for that answer. Good answer, Nishni Novgorod. pronunciation itself. <laughs> yes. Uh, the uh, skeletons were exhumed in the city in which the Romanovs were held and executed is called Yekaterinburg. All right. 
okay. I would oh. never have that. <laughs> okay. Carolyn Den. Denmark were the surprise winners of the Euro 92 football tournament when they defeated Germany in the final. In what country did that tournament take place? Ooh. I've, let's think. So Euro 88 was Germany, obviously, that we were in. Euro 96 uh, was very well etched in the mind. Uh, was 92, though, was that... Was it in Greece? Switzerland? No, I, uh, I don't think it was Greece. Um... I'm not sure the Euros have, have they ever been held in Greece? I don't know why Switzerland is coming up. Does that mean anything to you? No, I can't ever remember any being held in um, Switzerland. Okay, you've got 20 Greece seconds. Or Sweden is the other guess I'd have. Hmm. It could be Sweden. Right, we'll go with that. Ten seconds. Uh, ten seconds. I think. Yeah, go on. So on. Sweden. Sweden. <laughs> I don't know where you got it from, but it came, Carol. That was exactly right. Yes. Well done. Yeah. Fair play, Carol. Euro '92 took place in Sweden. Okay. Next question. Eamon Casey, the Roman Catholic Bishop of Galway, resigned in 1992 following the revelation that he was the father of a boy called Peter. What was the name of Peter's mother? Wasn't it um, Annie Murphy? I was thinking her first name was Annie. I couldn't remember her last name, but yeah, that rings a bell. Hopefully it'll ring John's bell. <laughs> <laughs> right, so John, Annie Murphy. Woo! Yes, indeed. Fine Irish name well on Annie Murphy. American lady, but that is the correct answer. If in doubt, guess Murphy. <laughs> I worked there, yeah. <laughs> Next question. Taking over 504 million US dollars worldwide, the highest grossing movie of 1992 was which animated film by Disney featuring Scott Weinger in the title role? Spelled W E I N G E R. I'm presuming Weinger. Hey, it could be Wenger. Um, 92. Mm. So taking over so 504 be... million worldwide. What was the name of the highest grossing uh, film of 1992 and animation by Disney? Would that be Aladdin by any chance, um, Dan? Isn't that oh, that's then? a great shout. I was trying to think. Because Robin Williams Lion was King the, like the genie, wasn't but he? What was before that? Aladdin would be, I think, spot on. And he has a title character who's male and who's not played by anyone I recognise. So it fits. Yeah, let's yeah. go for that. Okay. It's correct. Aladdin is indeed the answer. Now you're on fire, Carol. Good night tonight. <laughs> you never know. You can't see me. I'm sure John, John's keeping an eye on you there. Yeah, I'm we're sure. okay. We have a fire extinguisher to hand. Should we need it, right? Uh, next question. This will be for four uh, in a row. In 1992, Prunchy Starossa led a breakaway group from the Workers' Party to form what new political party? The majority of this breakaway, including Starossa himself, would later join the Labour Party in 1999. Dan, isn't this the Democratic left? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Our Democratic left. That one didn't delay you too long. Democratic left is a correct answer. Right, for five in a row and a bonus point. In 1992, Europe defeated the United States by 11.5 to 6.5 to win the biennial golf tournament for professional women golfers between those two teams for the first time. What is the name of this competition, the female equivalent of the Ryder Cup? 
think, keep me honest here, I think it's the Solheim Cup. Well, I haven't a notion, so we can Solheim Cup. <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> Woo! Well, well done. done. Well done. That's your five in a row and your bonus. Okay, Mike and Shell. It's uh, looking a bit tight for you now here, so let's see what we can do. Are we not out of questions, no? <laughs> we have four questions remaining. Uh, it's over, John. We're more than four behind. <laughs> but so. sure, let's answer them all the same. Okay, here we go. Who offered to resign from his position of Secretary of State for Northern Ireland following criticism of his singing on The Late Late Show in January of 1992? I think that was my darling Clementine Peterbrook. Peterbrook is the correct answer. Next question. On the 12th of March 1992, 24 years after gaining independence, which island nation in the Indian Ocean was declared a republic? From 1968 to 1992, it had been an independent sovereign state that had shared its head of state with the United Kingdom. Yeah, we, I, I think I know a judge there. Uh, Mauritius. <laughs> you know a judge in Mauritius? Yeah, she's a graduate of ours. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, you go. Well, it's good to know if we're ever in Mauritius, <laughs> yeah. you know, we have a wink-wink, we have a... On the 16th of September 1992, the UK government was forced to withdraw the pound sterling from the European Exchange Rate Mechanism, the ERM, after it was unable to keep the pound above its agreed lower limit. On what day of the week did this event take place? Oh, that would be a Black Wednesday. <laughs> it was indeed. A Wednesday, it was called Black Wednesday. And the final question of the set. Which nation won the Cricket World Cup for the first and so far only time in 1992? Um, they're playing us this, actually, well... We, of course, well, we don't know when this is going out. So, <laughs> yeah, Pakistan. Pakistan is correct. And uh, therein ends tonight's show. So, let us go and check the scores with Clancy. Blue team 24 points. Red team 22 points. It's a win for the blue team. For Carol and Dan, congratulations to you. Very high scoring night. I suppose, Carol, as you said. <laughs> We remember 1982 pretty well. <laughs> Hard luck, Mike and Michelle. No worries. <laughs> it's radio silence there for a second. Sorry, we, we, we had uh, we, we had little uh, technical difficulties on the microphone. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... you, you I, I won't ask why you had to turn it off. <laughs> it, it falls off. Okay, so thank you everyone for taking part. And congratulations to the blue team. Uh, we will be back next week with another quiz and another year. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, of course, please stay tuned for some podcast extra goodness. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Podcast extra. Uh, let's play Japan, sure. You're going to play Japan, okay. That's the wrong noise. <laughs> Look, you're, told, you're, you're warned about this now. I, I, I can't have <laughs> Sorry, you got that wrong. Okay. <laughs> That'll all be tied up in the edit. Right, over we go. So, Carol and Dan. All right, guys, we're just going to... Let's all take a breath. I'm going to take a drink of water. Yeah.
Can you tell you that Peru question to Japanese people? There's a big... Hang on, Andrew's going to contribute. What There's is a big population Japanese uh, from the 19, late 19th century in Peru. And a bit like the Irish in Argentina. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I that's where that Mr. Story. Fujimori yeah, gets his... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Thank Here's you. your podcast extra, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting fact. <laughs> it needs a jingle. Okay, thank you, folks. Good job. There was only one question that last round we didn't answer between us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the palace. Yeah. Well done, Carol. Right, yeah. Sweden, Carol. That's that's your winner. Oh. <laughs> we, like, we, know it, we know it. They don't have Sweden. They're saying Switzerland. That's that's all there is to it, really. Eurovision yeah. and the Euros, both in Sweden that year. It was handy, all right. Yeah. Andrew Newman was making wild. Uh, like he, I, he was so proud he knew Sweden. There. He was waving, going, "I know this." I yeah. knew it. He, he wasn't helping Carol anyway. He was just bragging silently to yeah. her that he knew it. <laughs> going, how could believe they you. not we believe you? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I knew it, actually. <laughs> Next week on After the Fact. Nice coffee down there. Okay, warm-up question. T- oh, wow, that's very loud. How would that get turned up so high? Was that you? Mm-hmm. What were you doing with the gain? I don't know. That was the person who isn't here. Caused the microphone to be too high. Uh, is everyone's headphones working? Yes. Yes? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, headphones, me, me, headphones. Me, right. Your warm question tonight. We'll start with Carol out of politeness. Ladies first and all. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. That's, that's totally sexist. Unacceptable. <laughs> 21st century. My house, my rules, Bonsall. All right, here we go. I have in front of me, uh, as of June 2017, so about 11 months old, the world's top 10 retailers by revenue. Zara. No. Wow. Am I next? Yes. Ah, uh, Walmart. Bing, bing, top of the height, top of the heap, number one. 485,873,000 I'd work out what, what that is in billions and so on. Liam. Uh, Tesco. No, they. I, I, I'm sorry. I thought they were on the list. Uh, I, I only they're eleventh. They were like they're twelfth, eleventh. Oh, here. sorry. I thought you said eleven to twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have them here. They're not in the top ten. But uh, they are close to the top ten. But no, sorry. James Target. Target. No. Again, they were they were there thereabouts. Um. I think it's Carrefour, I think the French one. Mm. Yes, good number shot. nine on yeah. the list. Well done. Yeah, good shout. 84,000 million. It's a funny list, it's got millions. Jar. Is this all necessarily supermarket stuff? Like? No, no, there is very much definitely one online presence in the middle of this list. Oh, yeah. I've probably given away <laughs> the answer already. Oh, I just go to Sainsbury's, huh? No. no. So you're you've you bought last one life. Amazon. Right. Oh, Liam, brave, brave call. Uh, yeah. yeah, Amazon is correct. <laughs> the online. <laughs> yes, they were sixth as of last June in this list. James, Rita, you're not going for cafes or anything. No, 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 no. Yeah. no unless okay. there's the world's largest cafe chain. Yeah, uh, Costco. Yes, number two on the list. 
Well done. What's that? 118,000 million. Costco. Costco. It's an American. It's an American kind of. Um, Never heard of it. I've seen it in films. It's, it's an American warehousey kind of store where you everything's like on pallets and you're going right, to buy yeah. massive yeah. cash and carry. Oh, kind right, of so that vibe, is. yeah. Oh. Okay, by my sums, everyone's got one right and one wrong. IKEA. That was my call. Yeah. Oh, Unbelievably no. Wow. Oh, that's surprising. That's oh, I'm screwed now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll go for another French sheet. No, they'll be like, Carrefour is ninth. Let me see. Uh, uh, <laughs> Antermarché. No, it's not. It's not there. Afraid not. No, it's too small. You're out. Retailer. A couple more Americans. And Carrefour will be the biggest French one. American. Mm. Yes, it's, France. it's the only French one on the top ten. Mm. Carrefour's massive. Yeah. It's selling everything on it. Right, Liam. I can't even think. Um, American is a good answer. I think I. What about that one? Uh, <laughs> Are we at this? Oh, we're at this already. At this oh, already. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. No, I just pass. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, James. I'm going to go European. Uh, flip a coin. Aldi. And that wins you the title, James. The oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Right. Aldi sure. are on the list. They are oh, eighth. Yeah. Mm. On this oh. list. They're bigger than Lidl, are they? No. Or no. Uh, Macy's on it, no? No. So I'll oh. tell you what the list is as I have it. In 10th, as an American pharmacy called the CVS. Chain. I was thinking pharmacy, but I couldn't think of it. Then Carrefour. Aldi 8. The Home Depot, you know, American um, DIY place. Mm. That's in 7. Amazon's there in 6th. Walgreens Boots. Walgreens oh, yeah. being an American pharmacy and Boots being. I don't know, I actually thought of Boots, but I didn't. Yeah, well, you wouldn't think. Mm. You think if they're yeah. British, you wouldn't think. Mm. Yeah. So all green boots is together. <sighs> then the Schwartz Group, who own uh, Little. Okay. All right. Yeah, the, and they actually own Jesus. another fifth. They, they, they are fourth, okay. and they own another Little and another supermarket chain in Germany. The third is uh, one I'm not familiar with. They're again American. The Kroger Company, K R O G E R. Any American podcast listeners will be going, "What's up with them?" And then Costco, as James got, and Walmart. All right, well done, everyone. Let us. Proceed. You mean James? <laughs> Especially James. <laughs> Not that it ever counts for anything, does yeah. it? It's pretty rare that I ever get these ones. <laughs> At least I scored on that one. Yeah. Abba, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> headlights, headlights, oh, rabbit and headlights. That Abba one. Anyway, right, I actually won. I actually won that. I got to play the team tune.